Welcome to Digital Marketing Happy Hour, a podcast about marketing technology and life. This is episode 50, How Marketing Operations Makes Your SMB More Efficient, and it starts right now. Digital Marketing Happy Hour is brought to you by Last Call. If you don't have time to stay up to date on the latest news affecting the digital marketing landscape, listen to Digital Marketing Happy Hour Last Call for a brief recap on the latest news with commentary so you will stay informed. A new episode drops Monday on this podcast. For more information, go to araxam.com. That's A-R-A-X-A-M.com. So Ryan, we are back on the happy hour, and what happy hour is complete without a few beverages? What's on tap this week? So, you know, we are in the, uh, I know it's the middle of spring, you know, at least in the Northern Hemisphere, not to our friends down in Australia, but I will say this, it feels already a little summer-like here, definitely in Tampa Bay. So I'm going to those summertime drinks, and I, I love the Mexican beers. So I am drinking a Modelo Especial on this happy hour. What do you have in front of you, Chris? Very nice. Well, I hear what you're saying about summer in Florida. Boy, I spent a lot of time at the ball field this weekend watching my my youngest play some competitive baseball. And uh, for some reason, whenever it's really, really hot out, my go-to beer is an IPA. And I tried a new one this week. It is uh, Shade Tree IPA by Crooked Thumb Brewery. And they're at a Safety Harbor here uh, in our neighborhood. So not too far away. And I got to tell you, most IPAs have a little bit of a bite to them. So I don't like a real heavy, like double IPA, like super hoppy. This Shade Tree IPA, not that way. It's super smooth and very, very refreshing. So if you're an IPA person, highly recommend it. I'll have to check that out. Safety Harbor is a good little spot if you're not familiar with it. Safety Harbor, Florida. Well, we have our beverages in hand. Let's get started. He is Chris Casale. I'm Ryan Smith. Thank you for joining us this week on the Digital Marketing Happy Hour. If you're new to our podcast, then we welcome you. If you're a repeat listener, thank you. And if you continue to find value in this podcast, would you please kindly leave us a review on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Audible, or whatever platform you listen to this podcast on, we'd greatly appreciate it. So if you've been following the news lately, and quite frankly, if you're not following the news, one of the best ways to follow the digital marketing news is right here on Digital Marketing Happy Hour by checking out Digital Marketing Happy Hour Last Call, where we bring you a consolidated version of the marketing news with a little bit of commentary so you can stay in the loop. So check it out. But if you haven't been listening to the news, within the last month, HubSpot announced the release of a new quote-unquote operations hub. And this operations hub features a suite of tools aimed at supercharging the CRM platform that's built into HubSpot, featuring things like improved integrations, more robust data quality tools, and flexible automation. The new hub is designed specifically to align companies around clean and connected data. And if you've spent time pouring through organizational databases and a lot of the technology tools, you know the benefit of clean data. It is so hard to get the data to align. So this new hub helps keep processes efficient 
at scale and empowers the operations team so they can spend less time doing the reactive data work, all of that cleanup and data munging, and more time on the business strategy. It's a significant move by HubSpot, and it's driven by the company's desire to help businesses scale. The digital transformation has removed many of the barriers that once existed that make it hard to start a business. Today, starting a business is actually easier than ever. But as organizations grow, they need the ability to scale. And the reason for that's pretty simple. As a startup, you have to be very agile. You end up implementing the tools that you need to get the job done because your only goal is to make those revenue targets so that you can survive as a business. However, as the organization grows, and this is true across all industries, the operational areas of the business, the sales department, the marketing department, IT, finance, they all begin to become siloed. Each department begins using its own tools, its own processes, and they don't always work together as seamlessly as we'd like. Operations Hub is a new product line from HubSpot that connects all of your apps, syncs and cleans your customer data, and automates many of your complicated business processes. This product unites your company around a single source of truth and frees your operations team from reactive busy work. So the topic of this podcast is marketing operations. What does Operations Hub have to do with marketing operations? Well, I think before we can talk about that, Ryan, we have to talk about what exactly is marketing operations. It's a huge point. And I think you kind of touched on a common problem that all businesses, once you start to get out of that small stage of your business, especially the medium, large enterprise, you know, these multinational corporations, they all have this problem. And I, and I think the key word that to me you mentioned was being siloed. And, you know, you and I, when we first started working together, we were for a, a, a tech company. And that was one of the things that we realized pretty early on when I was on the strategy side of things. You were the guy, I like to think the wizard behind the scenes that were making what I wanted happen, right? So, you know, it was that MarTech side of things. And when you talk about things being siloed, if there is no communication and before, forget before having a hub, if you didn't have these meetings, productive meetings where the two sides of the house were able to sit down and talk and not be siloed, and, and that could be finance and marketing, that could be sales and finance. That could be marketing and sales. Then you get the operations side of things together. It's a common problem. And I, I like where there's now this SaaS that is available where you're having all things in one place so that you are breaking down those silos. And that's where marketing operations comes in. And here's one disclaimer. We are not sponsored by HubSpot. This is not something where we're getting money from. There's no affiliate to HubSpot. This is something that we have found in our experience that the products that HubSpot has produced has been extremely effective for businesses of all sizes. So that is why we're dedicating this hour to the marketing operations hub that is a new service by HubSpot because it's an issue whether you use HubSpot or not. Marketing operations is something that is definitely needed, and it makes companies more efficient. Marketing operations management is the framework for how a marketing operations teams runs. It describes the optimization of a marketing strategy from beginning to end. So 
taking down these silos where people can go to one sort of central uh, repository, I think is is key. And, you know, in, in this era where communication is so easy and can be so freely with technology, I don't think teams still take advantage of it like they can. And I still think there are these, these barriers for whatever reason it may be in communication between different departments is vital. It's vital for the health of your company. It's vital for creating uh, innovations, new products and new services, but to better understand what the customer's needs are, especially for departments that don't talk to the customers directly, which is your sales reps. They do, but if sales isn't talking to everybody else, then there are issues and specifically marketing and sales must communicate, must meet. So all of this together, these are just uh, fragments of what goes into marketing operations. So it's extremely important uh, that we kind of talk about what marketing operations is, Chris. Yeah, very important points, Ryan. And I think, you know, the alignment between marketing and sales is critical. And that's usually the first step when we're talking about the sales alignment component of stuff, making sure that the stuff that marketing is doing meets the goals of the sales team and that the sales team has clear expectations on what marketing is driving their way. But it goes much deeper than that because from the marketing standpoint, we like to focus on a lot of what we call the marketing metrics. And when we're talking about emails, that might be things like open rate and engagement rate, click-through rate, things of that nature. When we're talking about a blog, it could be conversions and, you know, again, those click-throughs and, and managing the optimizations there. And you know, we've got all these different metrics for different areas of the marketing world that we're looking at in terms of our you know, impressions and our click-throughs on ads. But then we like to align it even further into conversions and creating a marketing qualified lead, which hopefully through the appropriate amount of nurturing then becomes a sales qualified lead. And that's ideally that hybrid, you know, handshake over the fence, right, where sales starts to take over and nurture them along until they purchase the product or service. But it goes so much deeper than that. You know, one of the things that HubSpot has really talked about with Operations Hub is the alignment on revenue and what they're calling RevOps. How do you optimize your revenue strategy and align that with the other components of the business so that everybody's operating in an efficient manner? And we're going to focus on this through the lens of marketing operations, because after all, this is a digital marketing happy hour and not a general operations happy hour. But it's important to think about all of these components as we're talking about this. And we've got for you five steps that HubSpot has provided on how to create a marketing operations strategy. And I want to be clear that even though this tends to target growing organizations more in that mid to large size as companies are starting to scale their marketing departments, you have to have this in the back of your mind when you're on the small side as you're beginning that growth process. Because if you're not thinking of these things, you have to focus on you know, where you want to go once you start getting things in-house. Otherwise, you're going to get more and more siloed, and the job of the marketing operations team becomes much more reactive because you're constantly fixing and cleaning and trying to get things in alignment. So with that, Ryan, the first item is identify what you want your operations strategy to accomplish for your organization and for your stakeholders. And it's so funny that this starts here because we've talked about this from a marketing standpoint as well. When you launch a campaign, what's the first thing you want to focus on? Well, it's the goals. If you don't know what the goals are, if you don't know where you're headed, then it doesn't matter which direction you take a step in because anywhere will get you there. If you know where you're going, you can create a strategy and a plan to get there. So 
understanding the type of work that your organization is doing. So when we're talking about goals, you start with your overarching goals, your high level goals, and then your objectives, which are those key components that you're looking to identify. As part of that, you need to also determine which stakeholders, which segments of the audience you are targeting. You might be targeting one group, you might be targeting many, but you have to know very clearly who you're planning to target in order to make sure that your plan is actionable and valuable. Absolutely. And that really leads into uh, the second step in how to create a marketing operation strategy. Determine actionable steps in your plan that will help you reach your goals. It sounds easy enough, but in anything, when you're creating a marketing strategy, for example, very similar steps that you have to follow. Document this strategy, have it in a place where everybody can see it because documented strategies, whether it's a marketing plan or something like a marketing operation strategy, will more people will follow it and the plan has a better chance of being executed. So again, repeat number two, determine actionable steps in your plan that will help you reach your goals. For instance, HubSpot has an example, the team could ask themselves, how will enabling teams to effectively send email marketing help us reach our goals? What is your goal? Is your goal to increase open rates? Is your goal to decrease email churn rates, unsubscribes? These are things that you have to have in place so that every time you do an action, you know what you're measuring, you know what your goal is. So determining these steps will help your marketing operations team stay organized as they work through their tasks. Your team can figure out what needs to be done and the resources needed to see success. So again, in everything you do in marketing, you must determine your goals and then document the actionable steps that will be in your plan. And if you think of this as a, a map, the goals are the markers on the map. Those are the places that you're looking to get to. The actionable steps that Ryan just talked about are the actual paths on the map that will take you from where you are to each of those markers. If you've got a path to get from point A to point B, which is the goal, one of the other things that you're going to need is how to measure what the distance is. So step three, figure out a measurable metric to determine the success of your strategy. How are you going to measure your progress towards the goal? And some things you might choose to base off of industry standards, but you have to clearly identify what those are. And HubSpot in their examples here talks about email churn rate, which email churn rate is the number typically of lost subscribers as you're sending emails month over month. Well, how do you calculate churn rate? Is it the number of contacts who have unsubscribed from emails by the number of unique email recipients in a given month? Is it the number that have extremely low engagement or zero engagement. In other words, they might've been sent the email, but they never even bothered to open it. You have to determine what the metric is that's going to be the most helpful to you to actually measure your progress. Perhaps churn rate isn't the right metric. Perhaps there are others. I like the more actionable metrics. For me, I would like to measure, if we're talking about emails specifically, the click-through rate, which is the number of people that actually clicked 
on the link that was sent out in the email. If your emails are done strategically, you're sending timely relevant content that has a very unique and specific call to action in the email. How many of the individuals that you're sending the email to are actually taking the action that you're asking them to take? And that's just one example for email, but obviously you can pick the one that's right for you based on the components that we're talking about. So when you figure out a measurable metric or the metrics that you want to monitor, you'll be able to keep track of the strategy's success as your team works through the plan. And that metric is a constant reminder of the goal that you want to accomplish and what stakeholders want to see as a result of the plan that you and your marketing operations team have put in place. On this podcast, and, and recently, definitely look back throughout 2021, most recently, we've had a few different podcast episodes around analytics, whether it was episode 49, how to measure local SEO analytics for SMBs. Right before that, we had episode 47, talking about SEO tools and analytics. There's going to be a lot of similarities when you look at that, and then you're comparing it to this, when we're talking about different metrics understand your goals, understand what a KPI is, a key performance indicator, not always the same. And you can use some of those concepts in analytics and again, apply it to here, which again, we're talking about marketing operations strategy. Number four, communicate how colleagues can take part in refining your strategy. This goes back to something we talked about earlier with silos. Don't just assume always bring in people specifically from other departments for a couple of things. They're going to have a different perspective than you do. If you're taking someone from finance, they're going to have a come from a financial perspective that maybe somebody from sales might not quite see it their way. It's extremely important that you sort of survey and get a representative at the very least from each of these departments so that they can contribute have their say in when you're refining that strategy. So again, this is a hub. This is about marketing operations that includes multiple uh, facets of the company. So it's important that you include them. When you include these colleagues in the creation of your plan, have reassurance that your strategy will end up providing the most effective solution because you are taking input from all these different areas. So it can be overlooked. Uh, silos is a very easy, comfortable place to be in. Sometimes it's uncomfortable when you have to go out and, and survey and get input and have meetings with these other departments. So I stress that a lot with this because it can be uncomfortable, but it is vital for any strategy that you are creating. It's such a simple thing, Ryan, and yet it's so often overlooked, which is that if you're trying to facilitate collaboration and communication, invite others into the room so that they can hear what's going on. And, you know, we get so heads down focused on the things that we need to do within our own teams that we don't think about, well, what other departments might need to be made aware of this. But that's the difference in leadership is that you know, you might not need your sales members and some of your other operational components, IT, finance, included in every meeting the team is having, but maybe on a weekly basis, maybe on a biweekly basis, maybe in some other type of standing meeting, it's so helpful to involve them in the discussion so they can hear what's going on, understand the impacts to them and their teams that you and your team may not be aware of but also to give you updates on some of the things that they're working on and how that's going to impact your overall marketing operations strategy. 
Again, so simple, but so often overlooked. And then finally, number five is assign team members to specific tasks that will contribute to the completion of your goals. And the easiest way to think about this, or at least from my perspective, the easiest way is it's project management 101, who is doing what. You'll assign members of the team different tasks that you've determined are the next set of steps you need to take towards marching towards those goals. So you might have one team member focus on redefining what your email marketing contact lists look like. You might have another member of the team looking at the workflows, performing an audit of the workflows. If you don't have a very large team, it's possible that the same team member or you, if it's a one-man show, is doing all of these things. And that's perfectly fine. But detail all of these out in some type of project management tool. And I don't care if that's you know a simple spreadsheet or using a tool like Microsoft Project, or maybe if you've got a, an advanced project management tool, Jira, Rike, Asana, Basecamp, what have you, use that as well. But detail out all of the specific tasks that need to get done and who is assigned those tasks so that you can track them. And then as the work is completed, they'll be checked off in a centralized space. So you've got a clear status indicator as to how far along your marketing operation strategy you've come. This is how a marketing operation strategy would lead to solving for one of the most important parts of your business, the customer. So Ryan, that concludes HubSpot's five steps on how to create a marketing operation strategy. And there's a lot of critical components there that lead to success. But I'll tell you, there's one special call out that I want to make. I want to do a little bit of a teaser for next week's episode of Digital Marketing Happy Hour, which is data. And of all of the pillars that make up the marketing operations side of things, data is such an abstract concept. It means so many different things. But the whole purpose of operations is to ensure that you're getting the right data so you can observe the the right information so that you can therefore make the right decisions that impact your business success. There's so much we could talk about there that we've decided we're going to go ahead and save that for next week's episode of Digital Marketing Happy Hour. We're going to focus on integration and how to bring different software components together so that you can enable the data to interact with one another so that you can get a better view from the very top of the funnel all the way down to the bottom to ensure that you're driving the right behaviors from your customers. So Ryan, I think that's going to be a good one. Absolutely. Looking forward to it. So tune in uh, next week for that. So that will wrap another edition of Digital Marketing Happy Hour. But of course, no episode is complete without the Keep It Light segment. So Ryan, what are you doing for fun these days? What are you reading, watching, or listening to? So I previously talked about this in, I can't remember, was a previous episode where broke into the fact that I was late to the game and catching up on The Handmaid's Tale and I said, yep, and season four is coming out in 2021. I had no idea at the time that it literally was right around the corner. And so episode uh, or season four in the first three episodes uh, just dropped the end of April. And, uh, you know, now the full month of, uh, of May will go into June. So I just binged uh, the first three episodes of the new season. And here's the thing with A, it's phenomenal. And it just it's one of those it actually just keeps getting better and better. The other part of it is I'm spoiled because I was able to watch when I wanted to watch three seasons worth of episodes. And now I literally have to wait because until each week now, and it's, it's amazing how spoiled 
how fast you get spoiled when you can just binge at any time. And now you're at the mercy of each Wednesday when Hulu drops the next one. So that is what I'm watching. It's fantastic. If you haven't seen it yet, any of those, go back and watch it. And obviously, if you have been keeping up with it, then I'm sure you are right where you should be um, keeping up those episodes. So that's what I am watching. Chris, what about yourself? Yeah, I can't agree with you more, my friend. I mean, Netflix has just ruined my watching habits. If I can't <laughs> binge watch the entire season, like I can't do it. So I'm with you. I really enjoyed The Handmaid's Tale, but I probably will not start watching the new season for another month or so. But I did, speaking of binge watching, I waited when The Falcon and the Winter Soldier came out specifically because I did not want to to ruin it. And now that they dropped the final episode, I went back and watched the whole season. Okay, we got to stop you right here. You can't spoil it for me. I only watched the first three episodes. And then I'm like, I was going to do the same thing. I'm like, I'm just going to wait until the final season of it. Uh, so, so without giving anything away, now that we have other Marvel shows that obviously WandaVision was on right before that, how do you compare that to some of the other Disney Plus shows? You know, I liked it. I will, I'm will. i not going to ruin it for you, but I will say that Falcon and Winter Soldier, I was hoping that when I started watching it, it was going to close a lot of the loose ends that were left by Endgame. And when the first episode came out, I watched it and I was like, you just created a whole bunch of additional loose ends. Like, you're not helping me here. But I will say the arc completes very well. It is a very satisfying story. You get to you get to have a lot of resolution to a lot of the things that you were looking for. I think it covers things that are going on in the world today that are very, very timely. And so that makes it feel a little bit more impactful. And yet in typical Marvel fashion, even though it closes a bunch of loose ends, it opens a bunch of new you know, interactions with other potential opportunities and some new characters that we're going to see enter the the Marvel Cinematic Universe, the MCU. So I, I'm very pleased with it. Uh, but of course, it, it opens a lot more. How would I compare it to WandaVision? Um, I would say it was as good as. I think they're right on par with each other, given the heroes that they, they covered. And I'm really looking forward to Loki appearing. Uh, I think it drops on Disney Plus in June. So that should be another good one. That was probably the one character I loathed the most. Like, I just could not stand was, was Loki. And I don't know if it's the character. Maybe it was well done and it was how it was written. That was, I'll watch it because, you know, you have to watch it if you're into this. But that was the one I was just like, eh. Have you seen this Thor Ragnarok? Already? What's that? Have you seen Thor Ragnarok? Yeah, I've seen them all. Yeah. Oh, wow. See, I, I, I know exactly what you're saying because I loathed him too. But I think that's what makes him such a great villain is that and that's what you I'm never getting. trust them. That could be it. <laughs> Yeah. And maybe it is. That's it, it, that's the whole goal of this is to get you get him to despise this character, which is well, that's pretty easy, you know, uh, to do. So uh, I'll watch it. Absolutely. hundred percent. Watch that. And while we're on the Disney Plus, just saw that the Mandalorian will not return in 2021. And a lot of this has to do with production. Everything's been slowed down with the pandemic. So the book of Boba Fett will come out in December and they're shooting that now. And when that wraps, then they're going to immediately go into the Mandalorian. So the Mandalorian will probably come out, I would think, winter, springtime of 2022, which I thought was really interesting. But I think the same, I think John Favreau is, is also part of the book of Boba Fett. So I think part of it, too, is a lot of the same team that does the Mandalorian is shooting this. And that's probably why they could, I'm guessing here, they couldn't coincide the production schedules because they had to do one at a time. So so with that, it seems like there'll be a little bit of lull on that, that Star Wars front. But again, uh, looking forward to it. Well, 
we would like to hear from you. If you heard something you loved, better yet, if you heard something you disagreed with on this podcast or really any podcast episode, let us know. We'd love to get your feedback. Please send us an email to podcast at araxam.com. That email address again is podcast at araxam.com. Also hit us up on social media. You can find me on LinkedIn. Just do a search, Ryan Smith Marketing, or you can even search for Araxam on LinkedIn and you'll find Chris and myself both there. Additionally, Twitter or Instagram, same handle. It's Ryan Smith FLA. That's Ryan Smith FLA. And you could find me on Twitter at Real Chris Caselli. That's R E A L C H R I S C A S A L E. But my preferred method of contact is through LinkedIn. And you can find me under my name, Chris Caselli. But as Ryan mentioned, you can also find me under Araxum and, of course, Digital Marketing Happy Hour. And if you haven't done so yet, please subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Audible, or wherever you are listening to this podcast. We sincerely hope it'll enlighten your day. After all, it is our mom's favorite podcast. And on that note, Chris and everybody else, thanks for listening. And we will talk to you next week. Have a great day. Thanks, everyone. Be kind to each other. Thank you for listening to the Digital Marketing Happy Hour. This week's episode is brought to you by Araxum.com, your digital resource for marketing and technology. Visit Araxum at A-R-A-X-A-M.com. The music intro you heard is called Pure Adrenaline by Eddie off the album Too Damn Loud. You can learn more at CactusSlimRecords.com. The music used for closing credits is a song called In My Pocket by Jazzer. You can find it on their album Message. Learn more at BetterWithMusic.com. Thank you for listening.